This is what the Lord says. Stand at the crossroads and look. Ask for the ancient paths. Ask where the good way is and walk in it, and you will find rest for your souls. Hello, friends, and welcome back. Well, the world is going through convulsions these days. This storm shall pass, but while we're in it, we have a great opportunity to learn deep and lasting lessons. Lessons of faith and patience, fearlessness and peace. I've been thinking about who would listen to this recording perhaps a year from now. Right now, we're in the middle of a worldwide pandemic, this coronavirus that's going around the globe. Here in Russia, the borders are completely closed. We don't know how long that'll happen. The city of Moscow is going into a complete quarantine. Here in St. Petersburg, not quite sure how it's going to go, but it looks like there's going to be even more restrictions on people in order to protect against the transmission of this virus. World markets have been rattled. Uh, Many of our plans have changed, of course. Not quite sure if we're going to have mission teams this summer. Don't know when life will ever get back to normal, if it ever will get back to the way that it was. A lot of people are motivated by fear, and I've heard quite a few Christians talk about this. Lots of Christian teachers right now have picked up on this theme that fear seems to motivate many people. Of course, we need to be wise and careful, but not fearful. So I'll talk a little bit about fear. And as I said, I think this storm will pass, but while we're in it, we really do have a great chance to learn some really good lessons. In my last talk about prayer, I mentioned what I call the healthy and mature prayer, and now is an excellent time to put that prayer into practice. And it goes something like this, Lord, help us go through this well as Christians so we can help others who walk the same path. As I said before, there's a real tendency I find in myself, and I think it must be in others, to want to get through the hard times and then continue living that Christian life. Well, the Lord is calling his people into the middle of hardships. He wants us right in the middle of the hard things so that we can be agents of his grace to the people who are really suffering and are really fearful and are unsure of what is coming. And we know that God has prepared good work in advance for us to do. Our future is assured. Even if we don't see exactly what's coming, God's already prepared good things for us to be involved in as we move ahead. So I want to talk about fearlessness and a few things that have come to mind over the past few days. Well, first I'll talk about the title of this talk, When Sorrows Like Sea Billows Roll. That is reference to an old hymn called It Is Well With My Soul. And the first stanza of that hymn goes like this. When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot thou hast taught me to know, it is well, it is well with my soul. I just want to look at that for a second, and then I'll talk about the story of that hymn. The writer, a fellow named Horatio Spafford, wrote, when peace like a river is the way of our life, and... When sorrows are like a stormy sea, whatever our situation, God has taught us to say, it is well with our souls. Interestingly, the original lyric said, whatever my lot thou hast taught me to know, it is well with my soul. 
And sometime since then it was changed whatever my lot thou hast taught me to say, it is well with my soul. Well, I much prefer the first lyric saying God has taught us to know it, not just to say it, but to know it, that whatever is going on, it is well. It is well with our souls. God uses everything for good, for those that love him and are called according to his purposes. So let's love him and let's be involved in his purposes. His purpose is that we will be like him and that we'll be a blessing to the people around us, that his blessings will flow through us. Let me tell you a little bit about that hymn. It was written, as I mentioned, by Horatio Spafford back in the 1870s. He was a businessman living in Chicago, and there were some troubles in Chicago at that time, a big fire, which really affected his businesses, and he had planned to go to Europe with his family on a ship, and they had to change their plans before the departure, and so he sent his family ahead on the ship while he stayed in Chicago working on business, and he was going to follow soon after. Well, while crossing the Atlantic Ocean, the ship that was carrying his wife and four daughters collided with another ship in the North Atlantic, and all four of Spafford's daughters died. As a matter of fact, on that ship, over 200 people perished. However, his wife, Anna, survived, and she sent him a telegram, saved alone. So they had lost all four of their daughters in that tragedy. Well, shortly after, Spafford was traveling across the Atlantic to go meet with his grieving wife, And as his ship was going near where his daughters had died, that's when he wrote this hymn on the ship as he was passing where his daughters had lost their lives. And he wrote, When peace like a river attendeth my way, and when sorrows like sea billows roll. And that's a beautiful image. He's on a ship knowing that his daughters had perished in that ocean. When sorrows are like huge waves being blown by the wind, when that kind of sorrow is just overwhelming and engulfing. He says, whatever the situation, God has taught him to know that it is well with his soul. That's real faith. So that's why I've titled this talk, When Sorrows Like Sea Billows Roll. There are times when we have really hard situations that we have to go through. Of course, right now we're going through this global pandemic And it's been compared with something similar that happened 100 years ago. But our world is very different. At the time, 100 years ago, they didn't really know how to treat viruses. And the world was in the middle of a terrible world war. And we didn't have global communication the way that we have now. So people didn't have as much knowledge. People in the history of the world have been through far, far, far worse than what we're going through. And yet, God is allowing things to be shaken. And it's his right and his duty to shake anything that we depend on other than himself. If you are finding yourself on unfirm ground because you've been depending on things that were something other than the Lord, maybe your job or your income or the rhythm of life that you've had, if you were depending on those things for satisfaction, well, that time has come to an end. We have to really turn our eyes to the Lord and depend on him. At some point in the future, maybe soon, I'll start a series called How to Find Peace in Christ in Times of Trouble. The first thing the Lord said to me when I was going through a really hard time a few years ago, he led me to Psalm 18. 
In the beginning of Psalm 18, it says, I love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer. My God is my rock in whom I take refuge. He is my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. I call to the Lord who is worthy of praise, and I am saved from my enemies. So the very first thing is we've got to realize that Jesus himself is the rock. He is the fortress. He is your deliverer. He is the place where you can take refuge. He is the stronghold, a fortress. So as God is shaking our lives, let's uh, run off of that sandy ground and run into the, the fortress. Let's go where we can be safe. And of course, remember, Jesus said, anyone who hears his words and puts them into practice is like a man who built his house on a rock. But people who heard his words and did not put them into practice, they're people whose house is built on sand. So we have to hear what he's saying and do it. So don't just believe that he is the rock. Actually, make him the rock in your spirit, just like I've had to do. And he's calling people around the world to come to him, to trust in him and him alone. So I'd like to say a few words about fearlessness because we're in a time where fear seems to be motivating many people. It is so important that the followers of Jesus be fearless people. The Bible says that perfect love drives out fear. We should fear the Lord in the sense that he has the authority and he has the power. But this ungodly fear, this worldly fear, it has no place in the kingdom of God. It's interesting, in Revelation 21, there's a list of people that are going to be thrown into the fiery lake of burning sulfur, which is called the second death. And there's a list of characteristics of people who are going to be thrown into that lake of fire. And the list includes the unbelieving, people who don't have faith, the vile, the murderers, sexually immoral, those who practice magic arts, idolaters, people who lie. However, I left one item off of this list, and I mentioned it before. The very first characteristic of a person who's going to be thrown into this lake of sulfur is the cowardly. Revelation 21, verse 8. The cowardly, the unbelieving, the vile, the murderers, all these others, their place will be in the fiery lake of burning sulfur. This is the second death. The cowardly, isn't that something? To be cowardly is something that God does not welcome into his kingdom. If you are afraid, you need to fight that fear. You need to fight it back and take control of it. Move from being fearful to being strong in the Lord, not in yourself. Ask him for the grace, for the understanding, so that you can be fearless. In Revelation 12, we see an image of the people who overcome, who succeed, who don't get thrown into that second death. Let's start in Revelation 12, verse 7. There was a war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought back. But he was not strong enough, and they lost their place in heaven. And this great dragon was hurled down, that ancient serpent called the devil, or Satan, who leads the whole world astray. He was hurled to the earth and his angels with him, which, remember, is a third of all the angels, and then I heard a voice, a loud voice in heaven say, this is verse 10 of Revelation 12. Now have come the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ. For the accuser of our brothers 
who accuses them before our God day and night, has been hurled down. Now look at these brothers. And it's brothers and sisters, of course. They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. They did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. These who overcame this accuser of the brethren, they did so by the blood of the Lamb, of course, the sacrifice of Jesus, by the word of their testimony, by the words that they say, they were testifying that Jesus is the Messiah. And then it says one of the qualities here is they did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. Death is by no means the worst thing that can happen to us. By no means. They did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. They were not cowardly. It seems to me that this is saying cowardly people love their lives so much that they try to run away from death. But we are the people of God. And we need to overcome evil by the blood of the Lamb, by the word of our testimony, and we need to not love our lives. We should not shrink from death. Several years ago, I came across an excellent example of how believers can respond in times of fear and real trouble. John Wesley was the founder of Methodism back in the 1700s, and as a young man, he went on a mission trip from England to the USA. And he kept a journal of that trip. This was before he founded Methodism. Here is an excerpt from his journal as he was making that trip across the ocean from England to America. On the ship with him and other English people were Moravian brethren from Saxony. And the Moravians were an Anabaptist group, a tightly knit community of believers. And Wesley sometimes called them Germans. So that's how he refers to them in his journal. And as they were traveling, on a Sunday, they had a terrible, terrible storm. And now I'll read from Wesley's journal from Sunday, January 25th, 1736. Here's what Wesley wrote. At seven, I went to the Germans, which is the Moravians. I had long before observed the great seriousness of their behavior. Of their humility, they had given a continual proof by performing those servile offices for the other passengers, which none of the English would undertake, for which they desired and would receive no pay, saying, it is good for their proud hearts, and, quote, their loving Savior had done more for them. So we see these Moravians willing to do all kinds of service. And Wesley had been watching, that they were willing to serve and take no pay, and just say it was good to teach them humility, and, and that Jesus had done more than that for them. Continuing on, Every day had given them occasion of showing a meekness which no injury could move. If they were pushed or struck or thrown down, they rose again and went away, but no complaint was found in their mouth. There was now an opportunity of trying whether they were delivered from the spirit of fear, as well as from that of pride, anger, and revenge. In the midst of the psalm wherewith their service began, the sea broke over, split the mainsail in pieces, covered the ship, and poured in between the decks as if the great deep had already swallowed us up. A terrible screaming began among the English. The Germans calmly sung on. I asked one of them afterwards, Was you not afraid? And he answered, I thank God, no. I asked, But were your women and children afraid? And he replied mildly, No, our women and children are not afraid to die. From them I went to their crying, trembling neighbors and pointed out to them the difference in the hour of trial between him that feareth God and him that feareth him not. At twelve the wind fell, 
This was the most glorious day which I have hitherto seen. That is really something. And it really touched Wesley's heart to see these simple believers on the ship who really were in a place where it was quite possible they were going to die. And they continued singing their psalm as they started their service. They were not afraid to die. This personal piety of the Moravian brethren really impacted Wesley and found its way into the sense of personal holiness that was found in Methodism. In 1727, so just a few years before this happened, nine years before this trip on the ocean, the Moravian community in Hernhut, which is in Saxony in Germany, started a round-the-clock prayer meeting that lasted for over 100 years. It started off with just two people praying at any time, and then it grew into nine or ten groups that were praying 24 hours a day, and that lasted for over a 100 years. They were so tightly knit and so committed to the scriptures, to following Jesus, living simply as the scriptures say. One thing I heard about them that has impacted me over the years is something that they asked their missionaries before they sent out their missionaries. So the ones that were on this ship would have been asked these questions. The Moravians had three questions for their missionaries. Are you willing to go? That was the first question. The second question, are you willing to die? And the third question, are you willing to be forgotten? That has really stood out to me. Am I willing to go? Am I willing to die? Am I willing to be forgotten for the sake of Christ? It's a question for you. Whatever service God has for you, wherever he has placed you, you know, we are all missionaries. We're all sent out by him. He he says, go into all the world and baptize people and teach them to do what he said. Wherever you are, are you willing to go and do his work? Are you willing to die to yourself? Are you willing to be forgotten, to serve in unseen ways and very humbly? Well, the scripture that comes to mind in all of this is something that I mentioned before when I spoke about why did Jesus come to earth. It's in Hebrews chapter 2. Since the children have flesh and blood, Jesus too shared in their humanity so that by his death he might destroy him who holds the power of death, that is the devil, and free those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. Jesus has come not only to tell us it's possible to be free from this fear of death, he came to set us free from the fear of death. Amen. That's a beautiful thing. That is a really beautiful thing. Right now, when I look around the world, I see many who are held in slavery by their fear of death. They're limited. They're trying to save themselves. They're buckling down and trying to avoid hardship. And the people of God should be fearless. Now is the time for the people of God to rise up and serve and be examples of fearlessness, just as those Moravian brethren were an example to Wesley as this great storm hit their ship. When sorrows like sea billows roll, that's when the people of God should say, well, this is hard, but it is well with my soul. And Jesus extends that invitation to step into that new life and that new kingdom to everyone who would hear his voice. He wants all to be saved from this fear of death, from the power of death. He wants people to be saved. So until next time, I pray that the Lord will continue to reveal his will and his ways to you. 
because his pathways are always good and they always lead to peace for the soul. Amen. Jesus said to his disciples, Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. Thank you for listening and God bless you all.